Part three of The Cave on Thundercloud by Mary Roberts Reinhardt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part three. Only once did Tish speak, and then we could hardly hear her above the rush of water and roar of the wind. There's one comfort, she said, wading along knee-deep in a torrent. These spring rains give nobody cold. An hour later she spoke again, but that was at the end of that journey. I don't believe this is the right valley after all, she said. I don't see any cave. We stopped to take our bearings, as you may say, and as we stood there, looking up, I could have sworn that I saw a man with a gun peering down at us from a ledge far above but the next moment he was gone, and neither Tish nor Aggie had seen him at all. We found the cave soon after, and climbed to it on our hands and knees, pulling Modestine up by his bridle. A more outrageous quartet it would have been impossible to find, or a more outraged one. Aggie let down her dress, which she had pinned round her waist, releasing about a quart of water from its folds, and stood looking about her with a sneer. I don't think much of your cave, she said. It's little, and it's dirty. It's dry, said Tish tartly. Why stop at all, Aggie said sarcastically. Why not just have kept on? We couldn't get any wetter. Yes, I added, between flowering hedgerows. And of course these spring rains give nobody cold. Tish did not say a word. She took off her shoes and her skirt got her sleeping-bag off Modestine's back, and went to bed with the worst attack of neuralgia she had ever had. That was on Wednesday, late in the afternoon. It rained for two days. We built a fire out of the wood that was in the cave and dried out our clothes and heated stones to put against Tish's right eye and brought in wet branches to dry against the time when we should need them. Aggie, sneezed incessantly in the smoke and tish groaned in her corner i was about crazy on thursday when the edge of the neuralgia was gone tish promised to go home the moment the rain stopped and the roads dried aggie and i went to her together and implored her but as it turned out we did not go home for some days and when we did by thursday evening tish was much better she ate a little potato salad and we sat round the fire listening to her telling how they had found the runaways in this very cave they had taken all the hatchets and kitchen knives they could find and started to hunt indians she was saying they got as far as this cave and one evening about this time they were sitting round the fire like this when a black bear we all heard it at the same moment Something was scrambling and climbing up the mountainside to the cave. Tish had her rifle to her shoulder in a second, and Aggie shut her eyes. But it was not a bear that appeared at the mouth of the cave and stood blinking in the light. It was a young man. I beg your pardon, he said, peering into the firelight, but you don't happen to have a spare box of matches, do you? Tish lowered the rifle. Matches, she said why um certainly aggie give the gentleman some matches the young man had edged into the cave by that time and we saw that he was limping and leaning on a stick 
he looked round the cave approvingly at our three sleeping-bags in an orderly row with our toilet things set out on a clean towel on a flat stone and a mirror hung above and at our lantern on another stone with magazines and books grouped round it aggie finding some trailing arbutus just outside the cave that day had got two or three empty salmon cans about filled with it and the fur rug from tish's sleeping-bag lay in front of the fire the effect was really civilized it looks like a drawing-room said the young man with a long breath it's the first dry spot i've seen for two days and it looks like heaven to a lost soul where are you stopping i am not stopping i am on a walking tour or was until i hurt my leg don't you think you'd better wait until things dry up and starve he asked the woods are full of nuts and berries said tish not in may and there is plenty of game yes if one has a weapon he replied i lost my gun when i fell into thunder creek in fact i lost everything except my good name what's that thing of shakespeare's who steals my purse steals trash but he aggie found the matches just then and gave him a box he was almost pathetically grateful tish was still staring at him to find on thunder cloud mountain a young man who quoted shakespeare and had lost everything but his good name even stevenson could hardly have had a more unusual adventure what are you going to do with the matches she demanded as he limped to the cave mouth light a fire if i can find any wood dry enough to light if i can't well you remember the little match seller in hans christian anderson's story who warmed her fingers with her own matches until they were all gone and she froze to death hans christian anderson and shakespeare can't you find a cave asked tish i had a cave he said but but what three charming women found it while i was out on the mountainside they needed the shelter more than i and so what tish exclaimed this is your cave not at all it is yours the fact that i had been stopping in it gave me no right that i was not happy to wave there was nothing of yours in it tish said suspiciously as i have told you i have lost everything but my good name and my sprained ankle i had them both out with me when you we will leave immediately said tish aggie bring modestine ladies ladies cried the young man would you make me more wretched than i already am i assure you if you leave i shall not come back i should be too unhappy well nothing could have been fairer than his attitude he wished us to stay on but as he limped a step or two into the night aggie turned on us both in a fury that's it she said let him go of course so long as you are dry and comfortable it doesn't matter about him well you are dry and comfortable too snapped tish what do you expect us to do call him back let him sleep here by the fire give him something to eat he looks starved if you're afraid it isn't proper we can hang our kimonos up for curtains and make him a separate room but we did not need to call him he had limped back and stood in the firelight again you you haven't seen anything of the bandits have you he asked 
bandits train robbers i thought you had probably run across them all at once we remembered the green automobile and the four men with guns we told him about it and he nodded that would be they he said as tish remarked later we knew from that instant that he was a gentleman even charlie sands would probably have said them they got away very rapidly and i dare say an automobile would be did one of them have a red beard yes we told him the one who called to us well he said that on monday night an express car on the c and l railroad had been held up the pursuit had gone in another direction but he was convinced from what we said that they were there in thundercloud glen as tish said the situation was changed if there were outlaws about we were three defenseless women and here was a man brought providentially to us she asked him at once to join our party and look after us until we got to civilization again or at least until the roads were dry enough to travel on to look after you he said with a smile i with a bad leg and no weapon at that aggie brought out her note revolver and gave it to him he whistled when he looked at it great scott he said what a weapon for a woman why you don't need any help you could kill all the outlaws in the county at one loading but finally he consented to take the revolver and even to accept the shelter of the cave for the night anyhow although we had to beg him to do that how do you know i'll not get up in the night and take all your valuables and gallop away on your trusty steed before morning he asked we'll take a chance tish said dryly in the first place we have nothing more valuable than the portable stove and in the second place if you can make modestine gallop you may have him it is curious when i look back to think how completely he won us all he was young not more than twenty-six i think and dressed for a walking tour in knickerbockers with a blue flannel shirt heavy low shoes and a soft hat his hands were quite white he kept running them over his chin which was bluish as if a day or two's beard was bothering him we asked him if he was hungry and he admitted that he could hardly remember when he had eaten so we made him some tea and buttered toast and opened and heated a can of baked beans he ate them all good gracious he said with the last spoonful what a world it would be without women at that he fell into a sort of study looking at the fire and we all saw that he looked sad again and rather forlorn yes tish said you're all ready enough to shout beware of women until you are hungry or uncomfortable or hurt and then you are all just little boys again crying for somebody to kiss the bump but when it is a woman who has given the her bump he asked aggie is romantic years ago she was engaged to a mr wiggins a roofer who met with an accident due to an icy roof she leaned forward and looked at him with sympathy that's it is it she asked gently he tried to smile but we could all see that he was suffering yes that's it partly at least he said that is if it were not for a woman he stopped abruptly but why should i bother you with my troubles we were curious of course but it is hardly good taste to ask a man to confide his heartaches as tish said the best cure for a masculine heartache is to make the man comfortable 
we did all we could i dried his coat by the fire and tish made hot arnica compresses for his ankle which was blue and swollen i believe aggie would gladly have sat by and held his hand but he crawled into his shell of reserve again and would not be coaxed out i have a nephew about your age tish said when he objected to her bathing his ankle i'm doing for you what i should do for charlie sands under the same circumstances charlie sands he said and i was positive he started but he said nothing and we only remembered that later we were glad to have a man about heaven only knows why women persist in regarding men as absolute protection against fire burglars and lightning but they do a sharp storm came up at that time and ordinarily aggie would have been in her sleeping-bag with modestine's saddle on top by way of extra protection but now from sheer bravado she went to the mouth of the cave and stood looking out at the lightning come and look at it tish she said it's good gracious there's a man across the valley with a gun we all ran to the mouth of the cave except the walking tour gentleman who had his foot in a collapsible basin of arnica and hot water but none of us saw aggie's man when we went back wouldn't it be better to darken things up a bit he suggested if there are bandits round it isn't necessary to send out a welcome to them you know this seemed only sensible we put the fire out and sat in the warm darkness and that was when our gentleman told his story ladies he began in saying that i am on a walking tour i am telling the truth but only part of the truth i am on a walking tour but not for pleasure to be frank i i am after the outlaws who robbed the express car on the c and l railroad monday night i heard aggie gasp in the dark did you expect to capture them with a walking stick tish demanded she might treat his ankle as she would treat charlie sand's ankle but tish has not aggie's confidence in people or mine perfectly well taken he said good-humouredly i left home with an entire arsenal in my knapsack but as i say i lost everything when i fell into the flooded creek everything that is but my good name aggie suggested timidly determination that i still have ladies i'm not going back empty-handed then you are in the government service tish asked with more respect have you ever heard of george muldoon generally known as felt hat muldoon had we weren't the papers full of him week after week wasn't it muldoon who had brought back the communion service to my church with nothing missing and only a dent in one of the silver pitchers hadn't he just sent up tish's own italian fruit dealer for writing blackhand letters wasn't he the best sheriff the county had ever had muldoon gasped tish you muldoon not to-night or for the next two or three days after that to-night ladies and for a day or two why not adopt me to be your nephew what was his name sands accompanying you on a walking tour adopt him the great muldoon we'd have married him if he had said the word name and all we sat back and stared at him open-mouthed to think that he had come to us for help and that in aiding him we were furthering the cause of justice he talked for quite a long time in the darkness telling us of his adventures 
he remembered perfectly about getting back the silver for the church and about tish's italian and then at last finding us good listeners he told about the girl is it uh, money aggie breathlessly asked well partly he admitted i don't make much of course but with the rewards and all that asked aggie who'd been sitting forward with her mouth open rewards oh well of course i get something that way but it isn't steady money a chap can't very well go to a girl's father and tell him that if somebody murders somebody else and escapes and he captures him he can pay the rent and the grocery bill is she pretty asked aggie beautiful his tone was ardent enough to please even aggie he sat without speaking for a time and none of us liked to interrupt him outside it had stopped raining and the moon was coming up over the camel's back we could hear modestine stirring in the thicket and a watery ray of moonlight came into the cave and threw our shadows against the wall if only said sheriff muldoon thoughtfully if only i could get my hands on that chap with a red beard we all went to bed soon after aggie as usual went to sleep at once and soon from behind the kimono screen across the cave loud noises told us that mr muldoon also slept it was then that tish crept over and put her mouth to my ear that may be muldoon all right she whispered but if it is he's got a wife and two children mrs muldoon is related to hannah End of part three